Welcome to the Bookwifery Podcast, a weekly podcast that helps you birth your book, your voice, and your audience through discernment, companionship, and guidance. I'm Christiane Squires, the founder of Bookwifery, and my mission is to help you birth books that heal the world with light. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Bookwifery Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about three approaches you could take to writing your general nonfiction book. And I'll tell you right now that three approaches are, number one, hunker down and write it, number two, DIY the research, and number three, follow a path laid out for you. And right here at the top, I'll go ahead and just self-disclose that my approach to bookwifery and the work that I do in the world is um, something that falls under the third one, which is to create a path that I can lay out for you to follow. So I just want you to know from the start that that's that's what I do in my work. Um, But I want to offer you three different approaches to how you could potentially write your book, give you kind of the highs and lows of each. So you, as uh, the author of your book, as the person embarking upon this book pregnancy, can kind of weigh the pros and cons of each approach, can kind of get a feel for which is most aligned with who you are and how you kind of operate uh, your way of, of doing things in the world, and kind of make a choice for yourself. What What is the best fit for you? So I wanted to disclose from the start which approach is the one I take with my work, um, just so you didn't feel like there was any kind of weirdness about that. But I also want you to know I'm doing my best in this episode to give you your three truly viable options for pursuing your book pregnancy with your general nonfiction book. Um, Also want to mention here at the top that if at any time that you're listening to this episode or any future episodes and want to decide that you want to move forward in the path that I've laid out for authors at Bookwifery and you know that that interests you you feel like it might be a good fit for you you can always go to bookwifery.com/expecting and that will take you directly to the course page that gets you started and whether we are open for enrollment or not you'll have directions on kind of where to go from there if we're open for enrollment you'll see and you'll see kind of the opening for that and how to how to move forward and if we're not you'll see that there's an invitation to join a waiting list for the next cohort that is going to begin. So bookwifery.com slash expecting if at any point you decide that the approach that I offer at Bookwifery is a good fit for you. Okay, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into the three different approaches you could take to writing your general nonfiction book. Um, The first I mentioned was hunker down and write it. This is just like, okay, I know that I have a book in me. I know that it's going to be quite a commitment. And so the best thing I know how to do is to just sit down and start doing it. And it's probably the most... um, widely traveled approach, I would say the, the the road to this path is wide because I think there's there's some reasons for that. Number one is it it feels um it feels productive because it's like I don't know everything I'm going to need to know eventually, but I do know this. I need to write a book. I know that there's something in me that wants to come out. And the best I know to do right now is to sit down in front of my computer and just start working on it. And I can carve out a schedule for myself. Like every morning I'm going to get up and write, work on the book for an hour, or I'm going to work on it on my lunch breaks, or I'm going to work on it on Saturdays or three nights a week or something. You can decide for yourself kind of like what your schedule is going to be. And 
you can just start plugging away at it and and seeing those pages the the total page num- page count add up at the bottom of the document that you're working in can feel really gratifying or the number of files that you have for different chapters and there's this feeling of like making progress at the end of a writing session you have something usually to show for it um the other reason that i think this this is kind of a well trod path is that there's some immediate gratification I, it kind of goes back to that sense of like you can see the page numbers adding up or the number of chapter files adding up and you feel like you're getting somewhere and I also think that it's um, it's just something that feels like you have a sense of ownership and some sense of control like I know what I can do and this is where I can start because there's so much about the publishing process that feels maybe mysterious or out of con- out of your control, right? It's like there's so many moving parts and you don't know what they all are right from the get-go. And also you know that at some point there's going to be other people who might need to make decisions about your project. And so they may say yes or say no. And there's it's just like the, a lot of that feels up in the air, out of your control, but sitting down to write every day can be within your control and something that you can feel like, okay, I'm at least making progress on this commitment I've made to myself. So I I love the tenacity of this approach. Um, I I really appreciate too the self discipline that it requires. Um, when I have had authors come to me at Bookwifery who have said like I've been working on a manuscript for the past year and I've I've finished my full first draft and I've got like seventy thousand words written and it's just like it always blows me away. I'm like wow, the amount of discipline it took for you to actually do that to commit to that length of a project for that length of time. And and to do it without really any outside voices kind of coming into the mix, it, it requires a, a kind of like putting your blinders on and, and going into your mode. And I find that very admirable. Um, if you've listened to previous episodes of the podcast, even this early on in our show, you know that I also have some um, reservations about this approach for the category of general nonfiction, which um, I'll just share here is... Um, that that um, well, there's two things. One is that taking this approach means um, you've chosen to essentially write your book in a vacuum, and I mean that in both the sense of like not having any outside voices that are helping you construct your 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 manuscript that might be helpful to kind of broaden your scope of what ideas might be helpful, what what kinds of things need to be fleshed out. But that being said, that's obviously something you can incorporate into your process later after you've finished your full, first full draft. You can bring an editor on board or share the book with um, some first readers that can give you feedback. So that writing in a vacuum um, can can have an, it's like you can, you can work with that, right? But the other way in which I see it as writing in a vacuum is that a lot of times when when writers dive into this writing of the first draft, just like from day one, just get go, um, is that you you may not have spent any time really thinking through the conversation that's already happening out in the world around your subject matter area. So other books that have been published on this topic, what are they saying? What have they already contributed to the conversation? How is what you're doing a little bit different or adding something new, um, a different perspective, a different way of talking about it? 
And so it's like doing some of that upfront work at the beginning can really help inform what you even put into the manuscript, um, having an awareness of the conversation that's already happening. And that's that becomes really important later on when you are working to get the book published and you are having to put together a book proposal that includes kind of an analysis of the market and a comp- competitive or... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Competitive titles, and um, I'm losing the word right now. But it's it's basically like contemporary titles that go alongside yours, um, contributing titles to the subject that you're in, and you're you're kind of providing for the publisher a sense of what is the conversation already happening out there. There there is a conversation going on, and then you're able to draw out what is it that your book is doing that's a little bit different, that's adding something a little bit new, a new flavor a new a new edge um, making some connections that haven't been made yet and so there there needs to be some awareness of what's already going on and when you just dive in and write your manuscript straight through to the end without having done some of that kind of groundwork you may be you may find yourself having written yourself into a corner with the book that isn't necessary in the market right now rather than having done some awareness work at the beginning that helps you know oh okay what I want to bring to the table is a little bit different than what's being done here. And that can inform what you even put into that that draft. And then um, the third piece of this, I said, um, um, writing in a vacuum at two different kind of layers of that, but that there's another piece of that. And that is just the reality of, of publishing in the general nonfiction category is that um, you your main thing that you're working to create to, to move forward in publishing is the book proposal package. And the book proposal itself has like six or seven different categories of things that you put to pull together for the publisher that kind of makes a case for why this book needs to exist and why you're the person to write it. So that is kind of this, this really sturdy, sound, solid um, document that you create that requires research and just uh, an awareness of the market, who you are in the context of all of that, um, what kind of platform or audience you have created to make you the right fit for this book and and a good person to bring it into the world. And, And then you provide two to three sample chapters of the book alongside that. And so I've mentioned this before, like I said in a previous episode, that you don't have to write the full manuscript to move forward in book publishing when you're writing a general nonfiction book. And so so this like hunker down and write it straight through the end ultimately kind of um it's like some people find it helpful because it helps you kind of get all of your thoughts out and then you can work with them and you can maybe get some help with it. Um, but also the, the kind of downside of that is that it creates a situation where you've put more time in at the front than you needed to in order to move forward. So just know that those are some of the dynamics at play. There's some really good reasons why you might want to pursue that path. And then there's some other considerations you would want to keep in mind, um, the kind of downside of taking that path. So you can certainly certainly go that route. I've talked with, I've worked with some authors who have said, you know, I did that. I hunkered down and wrote it. And then I came to you and then I realized I had a lot of other things that I needed to go back and do because I had kind of just been putting everything else aside um, about the process until later. And they, you know, I've heard 
I've heard it said by some of them, like I couldn't imagine having done it any other way. Like I, it really is the way that worked for me, but it does mean that there's more work and more time to be spent on the back end of all of that writing that would still keep you from being ready to move forward in publishing. So, so that's definitely a first approach and just know that those are some of the kind of variables going into the mix of it. Second approach would be to DIY the research. And this is where you kind of give yourself um, permission and access to all of the research or resources that are out there that that are are available to to teach you how to enter into this world, this whole world of book publishing and to go into the specific category of general nonfiction. And um, so here's here's how that could go. Number one, you could go the route of um, researching through books. You could go to a bookstore and they have a whole, they almost all of them would have a whole research on writing books and you can look for the ones that relate to your category or even your specific genre within your category. Um, Basically teaching yourself everything you need to know about writing a book and publishing a book and maybe also even marketing a book. And so you could access those books and buy them or just, you know, hang out at Barnes and Noble in the cafe and just start reading through them and researching. Or you could do the same thing online and you can go and do Google searches for all the different components of this process. You know, how do you write a book? How, um, how do you map a book? How do you find an agent? How do you write a book proposal? How do you write a query letter? What's the difference between traditional publishing and self-publishing? How do you market a book? How do you plan for a book launch? How do you grow your audience for a book? Like all of these different things, you could go online and do Google searches for any of them and you would find so many different like responses to your search um, in the millions um, if you just Google some of those. And So what you would do if you were taking this DIY approach is you would, first of all, educate yourself. So you'd read through the books or you'd read through the articles and you'd start to kind of get a sense of what is here. Like, what is the full scope of this process? What are the different kind of big chunks of it? And then within those chunks, what's involved with each of them? And so it's a process of reading the material that's available to you. Lots of material is out there. There's books and there's articles online galore. And then there's a process of synthesis that you would then do. You'd be reading and then you'd start kind of sifting through and starting to synthesize the information that you're seeing there. Um, And then what you'd start to do is kind of create a path for yourself. And maybe it's a lot of different task lists or um, you might use some kind of online task manager or project manager to manage your process or a, a special planner that you're using. And you're basically creating a path forward where you've gotten a lay of the land, you've got a sense of what's involved, and you've created a path of like what order in which to do things and kind of maybe create a timeline for yourself. And then you're just kind of going with this plan you've created for yourself. And I like this approach a bit better than the first approach I talked about hunkering down and writing it because at least it allows you to get a, you're you're educating yourself, right? On all the variables, not just the, the piece of the manuscript that you're writing, but there's this sense of like, okay, this is the playing field of book publishing right now in my particular category. This is what's going to be required. Let me get a sense of like what that means. And now I have a sense of it and I can create a pathway forward. And you might make a plan for doing some of the writing, but also doing some of the other pieces like building an audience or developing your existing audience. Um, 
getting a sense of the other um, books that are already out there on your topic, things like that. So I'm liking it because it broadens your um, vision to, again, like I said, the playing field of it all. And I also like it for people who tend to be really good self-starters, intrinsically motivated, um, self-disciplined, people who really love to create and execute plans. And I would you know, raise my hand and put myself in this category. I love a good to-do list. I have been for so many years on the search for the perfect planner. I like to set goals and kind of figure out like what all I would, what are the steps I would need to complete to hit those goals. So I'm definitely raising my hand as someone who likes to DIY things um, for when it comes to goals in my life and can really appreciate this path. Um, I'll, I'll share too, like there's so many things that I have worked on in my own life, big, big goals kind of at the level of what you're working on with your book in terms of a life goal that I have DIY'd. Um, I've built probably five different websites in the last 10 years. I have um, built my own freelance business. I built my own, you know, bookwifery business, um, started this podcast. These are all things that were things I mostly taught myself how to do. Um, and I love that feeling. Is It feels good, doesn't it, to have something that you know you need to learn, you need to go out and learn it, and then you can kind of create a way forward for yourself based on what you've learned. Um, but I will say that I've ultimately, for some of these goals, had to eventually enlist help. <laughs> and so even in launching this podcast, I did a lot of research myself. I, I listened to a lot of podcasts, so I pay close attention to what they do and how I might want to bring that into what I'm doing here. But I did buy a $70 course on how to actually get the podcast launched. Um, and the same thing with the business. It's like I've bought so many different courses over the years that helped me when I was just doing book coaching one-on-one. I, I think I paid $1,000 with a book coach or not a business coach that was helping me kind of think about what my business was and who my customer was and was helping me kind of get myself situated with that and other courses along the way. And I just, um, I think what I, what I want to point out here to you as I reflected on it myself is that I find that the more important something is to me as a DIY person myself, the more important something is, the more likely I am to enlist help at some point um, because I do notice the limits of my ability to do something myself or I do realize the level of excellence I want to bring to something and it's worth the investment for someone to help me better than I can help myself. So I'll just put that out there that I, um, I'm a big DIY proponent myself, but I also recognize for myself when there, there comes a point at which you need to decide which things are worth in, enlisting help and, and which things aren't. Um, so here's a couple tips I would give you if you are going to go the DIY approach. Um, number one, be sure that the voices that you're enlisting, that you're learning from and you're DIYing, whether it's articles or books, is um, that the people that you're learning from are working, are speaking about the category of book that you are actually writing. So um, I, I talked in episode one of the podcast that there's three major categories in book publishing, fiction, creative nonfiction, and general nonfiction. 
I work in general nonfiction primarily here at Bookwifery, but there's so many um, resources available for all three categories out there. And so when you're reading articles online or you're looking in the bookstore in the section on writing, make sure you're looking at books that are helping you know how to how to work on general nonfiction books because the pathway forward is different for fiction and creative nonfiction compared to general nonfiction. So that's one thing I'd say is just be um, be clear on the materials that you're accessing for that. Also, you'll want to pay attention to the voices that you trust and appreciate. So pay attention when you're when you're looking when you're doing all that reading and surveying the landscape and kind of gathering all the data. Um, you'll notice if there are voices that seem to resonate with you more or less. And I just encourage you to let yourself follow the voices that feel most aligned with you and the voices that you trust. And the reason I say this is because there is a glut of information out there and a lot of different voices, and it can easily become like overwhelming all the noise in your head. So if you find a couple voices you really trust and you can just let them be your guides, I would say go for it. Don't feel like you have to read every single thing that's out there. A lot of the, the information you know, overlaps and people are saying a lot of the same things, but you might find voices that you feel like, okay, but I like the way they are approaching it best. And then just let them be the ones that are helping you forward. Um, I would also say that this this path, this DIYing the research, um, just, just to know if this is for you, if you are someone who tends to be self-disciplined, self-starter, you like creating your own path. If you look at your past, you know, history and you notice that you aren't someone who tends to follow through very well on paths that you set out for yourself or don't really even enjoy creating your own path, um, then this might not be the approach for you. The other thing that is good to know about this approach is just the time component that it requires. So you'll need to build in or bake in time to your process for all of the research and the synthesis and the creating of the path and the creating of the timelines and all of that. That just adds an extra layer to the mix for you um, that will take time. And the assessment that you'll have to do as you go along about like, are these voices, are these voices the ones I want to trust? Are they talking about the category that I'm working in? Like all of that, that you kind of have to do for yourself. It's just going to take more time and just be aware of that. Um, another plus side to working in the DIY, the research approach is just that it tends to be less expensive than the third one we're going to talk about next, which is to follow a path laid out for you because so much of the research you can do is available freely online, lots of lots of articles, like I've said, lots of YouTube videos. Um, you can go hang out in a bookstore and just peruse the materials that are there without having to purchase every single book. Um, and so just the, the upside of it, though it takes more time, is that it can be a little bit more cost efficient. Okay, and now we're moving into the third, which is to follow the, a path that's been laid out for you. Um, and this is where you might... Um, well, there's two, I, I kind of broke this into two categories. You can take a piecemeal approach to this, or you can take a holistic approach to this. And what I mean by piecemeal is that just as you might Google a lot of questions that you have about the book publish, book writing and book publishing and book marketing path in the second approach when you're doing that DIY research, a lot of the sites you'll land on will most likely be site, sites that also offer not just the free articles that are available to readers, but courses that help you with some of these different components, such as, you know, some of the things I already mentioned, um, how to write a book proposal, how to find an agent, 
how to write a query letter, um, creating a social media strategy, creating a book launch strategy, how to map your book um, or outline the book, um, even even groups for um, accountability writing groups when you're working on the actual manuscript. There's so many courses that are also out there online, especially that you can take for all the different aspects of the book birthing process. And um, so when I say piecemeal, what I mean is that a lot of these courses are available for specific pieces of the process. And so you can, as you're going along, you know, decide, well, this is the part of the process I'm in right now. And so I'm going to go take a course on just this piece and it's going to educate me. And the benefit of doing that is you have someone who has already done all that research and legwork for you. Um, you don't have to go in the DIY approach. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to do the DIY of like going and finding all the books and the articles and trying to understand it all and like figure out a pathway forward. Someone has already done that for you and is based, you're paying for access to their knowledge <laughs> and you're paying for their expertise and you're paying for the um, kind of the step-by-step process that you can trust and rest in so that you don't have to create that yourself or go hunting for it yourself. And so um, the piecemeal approach is where you just kind of take the courses as you need them as you're going along in whatever place in the process you are. And so there's a little bit still, when I, when I talk about the piecemeal approach to this, it's still a little bit of DIY because you're you're kind of deciding when you're ready for some next new step of the process and you just go find someone who can help you with that and teach you that and you might buy their course here and there. And so this can be um, a little um, it, it can be a cost-effective way to do it because if you're just paying for like one little piece of the whole pie at a time, you can kind of distribute out your dollars over time depending on when you're when you're going to need each piece. And so again, this might be a, an approach that adds more time to the process because you're still kind of charting your own course, but then you're bringing in experts as needed. And so you're um, kind of cobbling up... Um, kind of a um, combination approach here together. It's DIY, but it's also got some expertise and you're paying for that expertise, but you're only paying for it as you need it. Um, And then the other approach to following a path laid out for you is what I've identified as a holistic approach. And um, this is where you might hire a book coach who walks with you one-on-one through the whole process. And that's, as I've mentioned before in my um, episode zero, that is the approach that Bookwifery started as. Um, I was a book coach that worked one-on-one with each client and kind of went from conception to delivery and beyond. Um, you, it might also look like working with an agent. If you had la- have landed an agent your agent is looking holistically with you at your career as an author. She's helping you navigate um, the book proposal. She's helping you, um, or she's actually handling um, pitching the proposal to different publishers. She's helping you through the contracting and negotiation process. Um, she's working as a middleman between you and your publisher when everything anything gets sticky. She's helping you think about how to handle publicity um, for the launch of the book when it's time. So an agent can be someone who offers a holistic approach. Um, And then there's also um, the longer term programs and kind of more publishing school approach, which is um, someone who, um, um, an organization that's going to, or company that's going to take you through the whole process from beginning to end. So this might be, this is more along the lines of what Bookwifery does. So 
Rather than working one-on-one as a book coach or as an agent, I offer courses that are kind of stacked um, or sequentially offered so that you go through the whole process ultimately by the end, and they're kind of laid out in a progression that is intentionally thought through. And there are, you know, you might be able to find other uh, companies out there that offer something similar, like some kind of a school for the whole process. (laughs) Um, And the nice thing about that is that you have the consistency. So rather than the piecemeal approach, where you might take one small course from someone over here about one topic and one small course over there from someone else about some other topic, the the holistic approach allows you to to have the same voice or voices with you from beginning to end. Um, There's also the likelihood that 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 the those you are choosing to work in the holistic process will be more invested in you and your project because they're there with you from beginning to end. Even if you're taking kind of the more of the longer term program or school approach, you know, they are they are invested in their students and are helping shepherd everyone through in an intentional way rather than kind of these one-off courses that you can kind of take randomly where you might connect with the teacher for that course, but they won't necessarily follow you forward into the other areas that you're working on with your book. But the downside of taking this more holistic approach to following a path that's laid out for you is the expense. I mean, um, it's a longer term commitment than a piecemeal course. Um, It's also much more um, kind of high intensity face to face time with the person that's helping you move forward or the team of people that are helping you move forward. So you're getting more access to their expertise. Um, You're getting more dedicated focus on your project. So the the expense of that is going to be higher because it's more of a boutique feel or um, yeah, just like a bespoke model. Like it's very, it's, it's probably more tailored to you and what you're needing. So um, the benefit of taking, um, of taking either a piecemeal or holistic approach, you know, following a path laid out for you is that it is going to save you time. It's going to save you time from having to do all of that research yourself, having to synthesize all the information that you're you're accessing out there in the big great beyond, um, having to figure out which voices you trust. Um, so it saves you a lot of time in kind of putting a path together and you can just go ahead and get started. Um, it also gives you peace of mind knowing that you are kind of coming under the expertise of someone or a team of someone's that are bringing their expertise and working knowledge to the table. And you don't have to wonder if, you know, you found the right resources and you put the information together right or in the right order. It's like you can kind of rest and trust and lean into the expertise of the people you've chosen as your mentors in the process. Um, And then I also find that it can give you greater confidence and authority in your process. So if you are hunkering down and writing it yourself, or you are DIYing the research yourself, um, you might find there's a little bit of... um, you might find your knees a little bit wobbly because you're you're wondering, am I doing the right things at the right time? Am I um, implementing this in the way I should be? The nice thing about kind of coming under the expertise of others is that you can 
kind of feel more sure on your feet. Like, okay, this is what this is teaching me. They're giving me information. I'm growing in my knowledge as an author. I'm, I'm more sure of what I'm doing. I, you know, there's just, there's some kind of transmittal that happens <laughs> along the way when you are working with a, a coach or in a series of courses or in a holistic program where you feel like, okay, I'm in this, I'm invested and they're invested in me. And I am, um, really settling into my identity as the author of this book and all that it involves. So I trust that you can tell from this episode that there's a lot, there's, you know, three, three really strong, solid options for you. It really is a matter of figuring out what is the best fit for you. Um, I'll share just here at the close, um, a little tidbit of helpful, a, a kind of a word picture for you that I have found helpful in the past in a lot of situations. And maybe you've been, you've heard it before. Um, I would invite you to think about, um, a three-legged stool, and each leg on the stool stands for something. One of the legs is the word fast. Another of the legs is the word good. And another of the, the third leg is the word cheap. <laughs> so it's kind of um, just a quick and dirty uh, description of this. But the three-legged stool uh, is fast, good, and cheap. And the kind of... Um, the kind of wisdom that goes with this is that you can get two, but not three of those things when it comes to something that you're looking to buy. And so if you think about, like, a lot of times this is applied to the service industry when, when you're looking to employ a service of someone, if you want it fast and cheap, it's probably not going to be very good. If you want it fast and good, it's not going to be cheap. And if you want it good and cheap, um, it's probably not going to be fast. And so you tend to have to pick two of the three, two of the three of what's most important to you. And so um, I think, you know, when you think about which approach makes the most sense to you, um, if you want to do your process really well, if you want to know that it's solid um, and you want it to be something that saves you time, time that you might have spent floundering or searching or trying to figure out your pathway forward, if you want to avoid all of that so you get there quick, more quickly, it's probably going to cost something because you're going to have to come under the expertise and the guidance of someone else. So um, I hope that's helpful as kind of helping you orient to like, what are your priorities and what's most important to you and helping you choose a pathway forward that works for you. That's all I have for you today. I hope that you found it helpful. Blessings on your continued journey forward. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bookwifery podcast. Show notes for each episode can be found at bookwifery.com slash podcast. I'd love to connect with you beyond the show. You can subscribe to my birth notes newsletter at bookwifery.com slash notes, where I share further details behind each week's episode, plus updates on all things bookwifery. My favorite place to hang out online is Instagram. You can find me at Christiane underscore bookwifery or by searching bookwifery in the explore tab. And lastly, don't you just love this music? It's called Lights Dissolve and is produced by a musician named Elliot Middleton. Thanks again for listening.